The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, it is all Murfreesboro, and we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. So if you have a question, make sure that it is dealing with Murfreesboro. We take those questions either in person with you phoning us and asking them, or you can text them to us. They are both at the same phone number, 615-893-1450. Our guest is the mayor of Murfreesboro. Mayor Shane McFarland. Good morning, Shane. Good morning, Bart. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, great, bud. Had a, had a great Easter weekend and enjoying this sunny weather. Yeah, last time I saw you, you were dedicating a new monument uh, sculpture there at the Murfreesboro Airport, and you gave us some good news there. Uh, you also received in the mail that day your permanent pilot's I license. I did, yeah. I'm, uh, I had just I got my official pilot's license card and man what a great event that um joe brown the artist oh, beautiful piece and, and then experienced community church you know paid and uh and donated that that piece of of artwork so if you've not been out there i still have the four words i, I saved in my my notes on my phone that you know preparation direction purpose and destination and that's um something i think all of us especially in our city can um you know, can really take note of those. And you have a, a workshop there today, and everybody will be walking past. That's that. right. Yeah, we we have our uh, regularly scheduled eleven thirty workshop today. That we have a few things that we're, you know, we have some some. It's actually a full meeting. You know, we call it a workshop, but it's several years ago we decided to have those meetings on Wednesday, where we really could focus on a couple of different topics that you know each month that we we work on so this is a it's been a really good time uh, it's been a good time that you know we we talked about bart you sent me a bunch of questions on on saturday night and it was late saturday <laughs> night you sent those so i know i, I wanted to give you a yeah, little yeah. time to prepare those. um you know so there's a lot going on at the airport and uh, in, in that community room at the airport has been a huge success it stays booked um it stays booked a majority of the time so that's something we've been proud of now, since uh, you mentioned about the workshop today, one of the items on the agenda is the Discovery Center Boardwalk Project. Yeah. Uh, and that boardwalk, which is beautiful, and people have really enjoyed it, uh, it's been closed down for many months now because of a, a problem. I since was, October, yeah. The bracing on the, you know, anything that sits in water, especially if it's wood, um, is going to have some issues. and. If you go out to Fort Rosencrantz on the on the greenway over by Manson Pike, you'll notice the bridges there that go over Stones River and the Manson Pike Dam that connect Fort Rosencrantz, Old Fort, Cannonsburg, and then uh, General Bragg. We've been redoing those because the deck boards were so bad. Well, you know, that, um, that area... Uh, they found significant structural decline in October, and it's taken some time to get that back and running. So, you know, we're going to discuss that today, and I assume it's it, we'll talk about you know the uh, my goal, and the, I, I got involved a couple of months ago, um, is to have that up and running. You know, before 
Discovery Center starts doing a lot of their their tours for the the wetlands area. So I hope that will that will be uh, be coming along pretty soon. Now, one of the things that uh, I know when they built that boardwalk system, they used uh, recycled milk bottles and what have you to make the wood. Uh, so it's not real wood, and that was one of the things that they were eliminating uh, rot and things of that sort. Uh, it must not have worked then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, anything that um, sits in water or that's around water for a long time, whether it's metal or wood or composite or whatever, it's just so hard on it. And, um, you know, I think this 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 is something I hope that we can find a, a really good final fix, but also... You know, part of it, and, and it's something the city's focused on really, really hard for the last many years. That you know, it's not necessarily about getting something built and completed. A, a a huge part of it is maintaining to to make sure that you know things are kept in in as best condition as they can. So I know our team our team does that. Chris Griffith is working really hard on you know, coming up with an engineering solution with a structural engineer to, to work on, you know, the bracing that has to be used on these. The majority of it's all ha- has to be hand fabricated. And so it's a, it's been a tedious process, but something I think, you know, we'll, we'll get taken care of soon. The Corps of Engineers were the ones who initially did the project and then yeah, that was gave a, it over to the city. Well, if you go, go back, you know, Bart Gordon, um, was, was instrumental in getting that whole area done with him and Kent Seiler with the with the Corps of Engineer and uh, Corps of Engineers, and so that's a you know that's a big deal for Murfreesboro. That that Discovery Center is is something that's important to everyone. Oh yeah, people love to walk over there and sure. see it, and it's it's a, a destination for people who are here from out of town. Another item on today's workshop, uh, which has gotten a lot of calls in the past, and that is the Cherry Lane extension. You have an update on that? Yeah. Um, we individually each one of us are having our individual budget meetings with with uh, with our our team back at city hall and one of the things that you know we were that's in the budget this year is a is an overall uh, plan on the cherry lane corridor not the engineering but the engineering and the the road network has already been designed but really you know, something that really shows what's going to happen on that land. It's my understanding that someone else has stepped in and bought the Horde property where Legacy Sports was supposed to go. Um, you know, they're not. I, I think it's pretty much public knowledge that, that that group from Arizona has got their own issues in Arizona and they're not uh, they're not going to be coming to, to Murfreesboro. So I think... What my understanding is, someone else has stepped in and bought that land, and you know what we, and this is just my opinion. So I'm one vote on the council, but you know I think the last thing that we want to see on that property out there is you know a bunch of more houses, or you know I'm not supportive of of putting a bunch of apartments and multifamily out there. So there's really going to have to be uh, a thoughtful planning process on on what's going to go on that that area and that's that's really where we are on cherry lane so the cherry lane property and the horde property are they uh, adjacent to each they're other they're pretty i mean they're not adjacent but they're close enough where i want to say that's about 400 acres out there um that 
you know, when we put an interchange and we build an interchange off of 840, there's a lot of different things that want to come to where an interchange is located. And that hoard property will be one of, that will be highly sought after for different uses. And I think, you know, our staff is trying to be proactive to really go through. And we just uh, started the process of, of approving our new land use plan. And we have to go through and, and determine, you know, what's um, what really is the vision of that area. I mean, you know, we've talked about that being a second gateway to, to Murfreesboro where, you know, you that whole interchange is going to relieve traffic off of Thompson Lane. It's going to relieve traffic off of Broad Street because there will be a road off of Broad that will take you over the Stones River to get to that, cher- you know, the Cherry Lane, which will open up that whole north side of Murfreesboro to where you don't have to take Broad Street or Thompson Lane or Memorial, um, or excuse me, or, or Highland or North uh, Northfield to be able to get over to that side. So I think it's going to be a, a good thing for our county you know, you know, and our city residents. For people who are new to town, the Cherry Lane uh, interstate connection I-840, yeah. uh, that will take you to the soccer complex, which just recently opened up a huge indoor soccer complex yeah two fridays i guess it was two fridays ago we opened up you know a full indoor um practice facility you know a facility and and it turned out that was part of the deal back in 2019 when we we were awarded the um tennessee state soccer association decided that they they picked murfreesboro to come um you know to come base their headquarters and so you know, with Nashville, with the Nashville Soccer Club coming and having professional soccer in in Nashville, um, you, you go out to that complex any day of the week, and you know there's hundreds and hundreds of kids that are out there. You know, our next step is going to be not just expanding um, where where we are on soccer, but I, I think it's it's pretty apparent that we need some more uh, ball fields across the city. You know, we've not built new ball fields really since the mid-90s. Uh, if anything, we've had to take ball fields away. I've been here long enough that I can remember the two fields that were over at Sampsonite. You know, we had a field at Oakland's Park that uh, that was that was taken away when that uh, project started. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, that we, you know, we're working on, but um, it's, it's going to take a process. We're working on West Park now, and that's one of the things that's going to really be hitting in our budget this year that – um, I, they interviewed the design team last week to be able to work on what is going to happen. You know, I, I think we're all envisioning envisioning more of a passive park out at West Park where we would have some pavilions, um, some playgrounds, you know, like very similar to what we have out at Siegel, volleyball court, you know, some open uh, fields to where you can hit baseball, you know, walking trails around the entire property. So I think there's some really um, – Really, some really good possibilities that we're working on, and that's the much discussed park over in the Blackman community. Correct. Yes. And so, uh, <coughs> when do you think we'll actually be able to see some work happen? You know, I, I, that's exactly what I said yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, I'm an open book on the discussion on this, and I don't mind telling you what I said behind closed doors. That you know, we've talked and talked and talked about this, and. Luckily, we we all made a good decision. I think where we swapped the property that Middle Tennessee Electric had, the 153 acres that's you know literally next to communities, as opposed to the 119 acres that we had that 
doesn't have any neighborhoods around it. It was just surrounded by the interstate and some roads, and and that was a win-win for everyone. That happened in uh, early, late December, early January of this year. So we really are, or of last year, excuse me. So we really are about two months in to where, three months in that we've we've owned the property, where we can start the process. And you know, my goal and my challenge, um, I talked to our team, you know, our staff yesterday is I, I really want to see West Park under construction by the end of this year. I mean, or during the year of 2023. And I think that's a possibility. You now, know, the council, we've already committed almost $9 million to that project that we have sitting aside to be able to, you know, to build that, to build that park. So the money's there. We, it's not borrowed money. I mean, it's money we've set aside. And that is the largest area of Murfreesboro right now. Yeah. Population-wise. Yeah. You know, Barton, you've heard me say this. I'm not going, um, um, you know, Sam Huddleston just texted me saying, looking to start some work on the Blackman Park this fall should be bringing the design firm contract early May. So that's a, that's a, that's good news. But, you know, Bart, we've, um, it, it, it's one of those things where you have to prioritize. Like I'm a big parks guy, you know, the, the people on the west side of town that they have a right to be upset because we've not done a park on the west side of town but at the same time that we've not done a park on the west side of town we've tried you know we've had to build a school um we built overall creek back in i want to say 2016 that school was about 12 million dollars so then we build salem elementary that school is 24 million dollars and now um Basically, same size, same Double, school. Same school. So <laughs> now we're getting estimates if we have to build another school that it's $51 million. And probably the same school. Yeah. So, so you know, the thing is, and, and, and again, being a huge parks and recreation guy, you have to prioritize. And, you know, we have road projects that need to be done. We have, um, you know, schools that we, we talked about being built. So you have to you have to be able to prioritize that, and we do all of that by not trying to raise property taxes. And you know we had to raise raise property taxes for the first time in 21 years in 2018. So now we're going on five years with with no increase, and I think that's something that the council is really trying to hold the line on, and that's one of the reasons why we've you know put the MED process in place with that those funds that we. Um, we're trying not to do that. But, I mean, Bart, let's be clear that if we had to build a $53 million school right now, there's absolutely no way to do that without raising taxes. And so I think, you know, overall, when you talk about parks and you talk about all those things, um, we, that's something we try not to do that we don't want to do. And, and you know, we're going to have to get more creative, in, I think, in the way that we're looking at a lot of different things when it comes to you can't and this is probably not a very popular political thing to say there is no possible way to build your way out of the overcrowding of schools because you can't build them fast enough and then you also can't afford to build them because things have you know government it is more expensive as a government to build projects than it is the private sector because it, it the process with the government is so much slower than what you deal with on the private sector. And so I think there's going to have to be ways that, um, you know, we figure out how to improve, you know, I don't know if it's utilizing your assets that you have in the school system more 
to where you know it's not just a finite time that you're you're utilizing your school assets whether that's you know eight to two thirty i mean you know other countries and other uh areas are doing split schedules so there's going to have to be a way to figure out how we do that because there's no possible way to build out of it i think one of the things that mr tyndall had a had a really good idea and and trey duke and his team are are in my opinion the the best that there is um Maybe it's adding on to our schools where the land's already there, the parking lots are already there, so you don't have to build all that infrastructure that you just add on to the existing schools, which seems like a less expensive way to you know do that. Director Duke had a good idea at one of our schools that he could pick up two classrooms by improving and building a new library that we need anyway. So I think it's going to be creative in looking at, at ways that you can do that. Let me ask you this, because you said something earlier that I think if people were listening closely – uh, might be a little frightening. We, we're looking at the cost of living. We're looking at the cost of homes. And I'm wondering if we're pricing ourselves out of the market, if the economy is pricing us out of the market. Because you mentioned that the schools, you started at $24 yeah. million. What was the second one? 50, no, we started at 12. 12, okay. Then we went to 24. That's That was Salem. Okay. And then, um, and then now we're going to be in the 50s. Okay, and we're talking about the same blueprint. And, and I may have that wrong. It may be 24 to, to – anyway, well, we're, we're, double. we're doubling each time that we're building a school, and that's in about a three-year period. And we're not talking about differences. We're talking about the same architectural drawing. We're talking about yeah, the I'm, same uh, – are houses increasing that price way, uh, they, that much? They have, but, you know, I'm not going to get – I'm trying not to get political about this, Bart. I, well, it's I, it's not political. It's frightening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the economic policies that our current administration in Washington have been a disaster. I mean, that there's, and I'm not saying this is a Republican or Democrat thing. I just think there is there is. You look at the inflationary numbers that you can't give free money away. You know, we got all these ARPA funds, uh, and I'm thankful for it. Um, that you know the city got what I call Biden bucks. But you just can't print money, give billions of dollars away, and and then not see that your inflation numbers are going to go up. I mean, the interest rate now on commercial lending is in the 8.5% range. And so for anyone, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, those numbers get, get pushed back to the consumer. So when someone is building their business – and they're expanding their business, and they're paying eight and a half percent interest as opposed to four and a quarter that they were two or three years ago. Um, that interest expense is going to be passed on to the consumer. So that's what you're seeing on the inflationary on the inflationary side. That it's not just that everything is so much more expensive to get; it's that your cost of doing business is so much more expensive. And I think some of that is because of the policies that have been put in place. That it's, for example. Mr. Tindall had a great point yesterday. Our sales tax numbers are up, but it's because that we're getting sales tax on inflated pricing. So, you know, the 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 numbers that we're getting are the sales tax numbers are so much higher because everything costs more. And so look, I again, Bart, I'm not trying to be political about this. I don't care who you voted for, but I'm just telling you on the local level 
where I, I truly think the majority of the governing and the policies that affect you on a day-to-day basis take place, what's happening at our at our govern or our our federal level, in my opinion, is not sustainable on on where we are, and it, it is absolutely trickling down to your to your local level. We will continue the conversation. If you think it's going good now, I mean, if you're excited to hear what you're hearing, if it has you a little concerned, wait till you hear the next half hour. Come on. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we've got the best drum and percussion brands in the world. Ludwig, Gretsch, Pearl, Yamaha, Zildjian, Lionel, DW. We've got a great lesson program for guitar, bass, drums, piano, and more. Hi, this is Dave Kivanemi. Give us a call, 615-893-4242 to get started. Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro. 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. We're at Adams Place talking with John Hood. John, what do you like most about Adams Place? Well, Bart, I guess what I like most is the personal attention that you get, the comfort and security, and knowing that you're in a very outstanding place. What made you choose Adams Place? Well, frankly, I only looked at Adams Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Good morning. Traffic still running slow over here on uh, 65 as you make your way up through the Brentwood area. Again, we've had a couple of accidents that slowed down that traffic flow coming up from Brentwood, Williamson County. That was earlier. Now, it's still heavy over here by the airport on I-40 as you come uh, in from Mount Juliet uh, through Hermitage, Donaldson. Just give yourself a little extra time with some radar uh, out in Dixon County this morning. Hey, Nash Painting services all of Middle Tennessee. Check them out online today at NashPainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the upper 70s. South winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 47. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 45. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. We are back. The focus is on Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Great place to call home. The best place to call home. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest this morning. He's been telling us about some things that are happening around the community. It's going to be a busy workshop today at the Murfreesboro Airport. I guess public's always encouraged to be there if you want to be there and watch our government in motion. 
One of the things we had uh, been talking about is the cost of construction going through the roof, doubling on schools. And we're on our third round. And I mean, you go from 24 to uh, close to 50 something million dollars. Yeah. Uh, are you seeing that with the houses? And, and if so, you're, yeah, and you've indicated that you are seeing it with the houses. Uh, what about the building permits? Are people, now you can charge that, but are people yeah. building them? Well, I mean, building permits are one of the smaller numbers when you're you're building something. Now, the city council, we did um, pass on first reading and we'll pass on second reading today, initiating impact fees inside the city of Murfreesboro. So, you know, on, on new construction residential and commercial industrial um you know we've we've got something in place now to be able to charge per unit um so growth is is helping pay for itself but i mean bart to give you an idea in 2021 so last year i'm going to compare i'm going to comp- i'm going to use 2022 numbers cuz we're you know we're we're not very far into uh Excuse me. We're we're finishing up our our 2022 2023 year, but in 2021 we pulled there were 984 single family units pulled inside the city of Murfreesboro. Last year there were 756, so you were down you know 228 units, which that's almost 25 percent uh, down in in permits pulled. You know the big number in 2021 there were 688 townhome permits pulled. Um, Last year, there were 350, so that's down 50%. In um, 2021, there were 552 units pulled for apartments. Last year, there were 52, which I think that's something the council, you know, has really been um, deliberate and diligent on is is really stopping the the apartment construction in town. So, you know, that, that was down 90%, 95%. Um, and so really, you know, what you're seeing is a trend of less construction inside the city. Now, you know, this year it, it's, it's probably too early to tell right now, you know, where we are, but, you know, in January, February, and March, there's been 180 residential permits pulled, which is a, you know, that's not a, not a big number. I mean, when you figure we were coming back from Easter church and my inquisitive 10 year old was talking about growth and how many people are moving into Murfreesboro. And so, you know, in his head, he was figuring up how many super smart he takes after his mom. Um, he, he was figuring up how many people are moving into, to Murfreesboro every day. And, you know, he figured up it's at a 6% growth rate or six, 7% growth rate. It was figuring that that number is about 28 people are moving into Murfreesboro every single day. And, you know, that's the issue is we have so many people who talk about that, you know, we don't want any more people to move here, right? But at the same time, we want affordable housing. I want you to see where I'm going with this. Right, right. Well, it's a it's a supply and demand thing. If you have little supply on something and you have a lot of people that are wanting it, well, then price goes the up. price goes up. And so that's really what you're seeing right now is that – the construction market is building less, and there's people who are moving here that are wanting to buy things. So it's a great time if you're a seller. 
but the problem is if you sell something, you can't replace it because you can't afford to replace it. And, and, and then at the same time, I think, you know, as we're talking about, you know, policies that, that are coming out of Washington, you know, the interest rate on a new, on, on, on financing your home, you know, went from 3% and 4% to now, you know, you're in the lower sevens. You may can buy down a rate and get it in the sixes now, but, you know, you end up eliminating a, a lot of people on affordability when your, your interest rate's too high. So, you know, what you're seeing now is people are driving to Bedford County and Cannon County and Coffee County to be able to afford um, to to be able to, to buy homes. And then they're driving back in to Rutherford County to work, which then compounds the traffic issue that we're dealing with. So it's it's a really cyclical thing that, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to sound like, you know, um a, a negative uh, sound negative, but I think there are some significant challenges that we're gonna have to work through that are gonna have to take some really thoughtful process to be able to help fix them. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mayor Shane McFarland. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, yes, I was going to ask about the news yesterday about MTSU taking over the airport, moving uh, it to Bedford County. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you for calling. Yes, ma'am. We're really excited about that. Um, you know, I'm not going to go back over the last three years and rehash everything. Um, you know, I think it's great that um, MTSU. I think. They're, they're getting another $17 million, so it's going to be up to almost $80 million that they're getting from the state in taxpayer dollars to relocate to um, to Bedford County. I'm not going to go into whether I, you know I'm a university graduate. I'm not going to go into whether I think that's a good idea or a bad idea. I think it's great for Murfreesboro to the, – the current philosophy of, of the aviation program and, – and look, there's a pilot shortage in the country – one program's not going to be able to fix it at one university. But, you know, I think the university made the decision that they wanted to grow the program. In 2017, they had 400 students. They were anticipating a 6% growth every year. And right now, they're at over 1,000 students. So, you know, it was it was something like 35 or 40%. They've increased 128% over a four-year period. And basically, we just said, look, we can't handle that at the airport. And so, you know, my opinion, I, I would have focused on, I think the university does provide quality, but I would have just said, look, just like the supply and demand we were talking about, I would have said, this is just like the nursing program. There's only so many labs that you have, and there's only so many nursing students that you can, you know, you can, um, you can educate at one time. You know, I would have in my opinion, I would have said, okay, look, we're we're limiting the enrollment in the program, and it's going to be really hard to get in this program, but we're going to get the best and brightest. And not saying they're not doing that now, but anyway, the university made the decision that they wanted to move from Murfreesboro. We applaud that decision. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, we see this as a, as a positive for the aviation program. You know, look, Dr. McPhee and their team are concerned about MTSU. That's their focus. Our role as council members and as people in the community, um, our goal and our role is not just to help focus on MTSU, but it's to focus on, you know, um, it's 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 our goal to focus on the city as a whole. Uh, 
and so you know seventy over seventy five percent of the traffic that's at the MT or at the airport is is the university and they're providing twenty two or twenty three percent of our revenue and so that model doesn't work um, and so they decided to move to Shelbyville. I think they what that was on WGNS. That was really the announcement on the economic impact. Um, so we are um, sent a letter. I sent a letter to Steve Smith and to the the board of trustees chair, and also um, to Doctor McPhee that um, we had a, a good discussion. But you know, w- the city staff is not going to recommend renewing the classroom space in the new airport that we paid for out of taxpayer dollars that was not federally funded so we need that space Uh, we've got people who are wanting that space we already have people who want mtsu space so we're 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 planning for life um after mtsu we're starting the process to go to controlled airspace to have a a control tower at the airport that you know really Right now we're uncontrolled airspace, so it really means that you know there's there's really not um, control over people coming in and out. You know it's it's pilots talking to one another, and so we're getting ready to to fix that. And and so we wish them nothing but the best in Bedford County. I think it it'll, it'll be great for Bedford County, um, but it's going to allow, you know, I think it's going to allow the residents to have some reprieve from the amount of of air traffic that is in our community nonstop. Um, and I think it's going to allow the, the, the airport to be able to transition to the next phase, which is not only a general aviation airport, but it's going to open it up to where there are other possibilities to be able to have, you know, corporate flight coming in and out of there. Um, it's going to be able to allow us to be able to have other opportunities that I really can see the airport progressing more um, towards not just a general aviation airport like what I fly. You're never going to see commuter traffic coming in and out of Murfreesboro, but I do think you have the ability to be able to see some other types of uses at the airport, and that's something we're really excited about. You know, you don't remember this, but if you go back to the 1950s, early 50s, uh, early 60s, uh, if you went to the Nashville airport, it was called Berry Field. Yeah. And that airport was, uh, that terminal building was not as big as as the one we have. Yeah, I mean, it, well, the, the building that we have, you know, originally was built in 1951. I mean, you know? the, the one we have now. Oh, the new one, yeah, is, is state-of-the-art. I mean, it is it is a great facility and it's it's if you go out there i mean it's a great place to go take your kids and watch the planes you know come in and out um i th- bart i think this is i think this is a great opportunity for the city of murfreesboro and that's what we should be focused on you know look um i, I mean i don't i'm i'm the first one to say i think we have a, some really good things at the university um but the university that i went to 20 years ago is not the university that we have in Murfreesboro now. It's a different place. And so um, I I think we're excited to be able to control our own destiny at the airport and not, you know, have um, things that we can't control. So it is a great move for the city of Murfreesboro. And, you know, I think MTSU will continue to work on their program and they do what's best for them and we have to do what's best for us. With a control tower at the Murfreesboro Airport, what will that enable us to do that we cannot do now? Well, you know, whenever you have to, um, whenever you have what's called an ATC, air traffic control, 
you can't enter that airspace without communicating with the air traffic control. And typically it's, I don't want to get into all the aviation jargon, but you know, you're, you're communicating with that, that air traffic control before you ever, before you ever get into the airspace. So, you know, at, at night when you've got seven or eight planes that are in the pattern at MTSU or, or MTSU planes and, and, or during the day, you may have five or six planes that are in the pattern. The air traffic control doesn't allow that. They're 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 basically a director that they're directing the people who are coming in and out. Um, and so that means spacing. That means um, communications. That means telling someone when it's their turn to land, how they have to land, when they land. So it, it's it's a much much more coordinated uh, type of process. And that really would not have worked. With the touch and go practices of well, the I mean, there's a lot. System. There's a lot of you know, MTSU does quite a bit of of training where they fly into Smyrna, um, and so, but the air traffic control would say, no touch and goes. We're too busy, or you know, they let you know if you can and can't do that. And so that's really where, um, you know, for example, if you said, you know, eight oh nine Mike Tango uh, requesting touch and go then you may have the air traffic control that would tell you 809 mike tango unable you know um and so it's all based upon what they're seeing and and how they're seeing it and with smarter you have much larger airplanes you have the largest that there could be yeah well i mean they have a much larger runway than we have you know they're they're an old air force base where in their air traffic control you know they're they're um what's called class e airspace and then it reverts or excuse me class d airspace and then it reverts to class e airspace when the when the air traffic control tower is not open and so we're class e airspace so what we're really wanting to do is to go to class d airspace with an air traffic control and then when our air traffic control is not open it revert back to class e airspace what number of passengers could you have on an airplane that could easily land at Murfreesboro. Oh gosh, because um, that would give us an idea of what. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're you're really not going to have a a plane that probably would seat any more than you know ten to twelve, maybe fourteen, based on size. And a lot of that has to do with insurance. You know, our, our runway is forty seven hundred and fifty three feet, and so you know any any pilot that has a really large plane there's a lot of factors that come into play you know a, a contaminated runway which means it may be wet um that they're really looking at whether they come in or out so and right now i mean that th- this is just the fact the murfreesboro airport is so busy sometimes a lot of pilots will just fly to smyrna and land there to not have to deal with uncontrolled airspace in murfreesboro so but we have some big planes that fly in and out of um Murfreesboro, probably one of the larger ones is is what's called a Falcon 2000, and that 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 plane will seat 10 to 12. But you're not going to have commuter planes that hold, you know, 50, 60, 70 people that come in and out of Murfreesboro. They're not they're not going to be doing that. So we're not going to be making money on charter flights. No, well, to I mean, you the could Caribbean or something. Well, I mean, it may be a private charter, but you know, you got to think that, an, um, for example, an average. For for like a Cessna 172, they hold about 19 gallons, 20 gallons. Um, so just or 19 gallons aside, so say 40 gallons. What costs you know 200 bucks to fill that plane up? Where a, a, that Falcon jet we're talking about, it may cost 
$3,500 to fill that up. So it's just an economies of scale that it takes a long time to fill up a bunch of small planes than it does to have one, one plane coming in. And I think that's really where, where the airport commission is looking. How can we best serve our taxpayers? We will be back learning a lot about the city of Murfreesboro, getting some good uh, questions in here on text. And if you want to call and talk, 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. From the tallest tower in the city limits of Murfreesboro to every radio in the land, WGNS AMFM is everywhere you need us to be. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, this is Jenny with Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Ryan's has been here for almost 100 years serving the community. I feel so blessed when families ask us to help them say goodbye to their family. I do everything that I can to make it just perfect for your final goodbye. Give us a call, and we'll make that memorial tribute for your loved one and family. Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, 615-893-7134. 117 South Academy Street. The action line on WGNS this morning is powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Rutherford County's 22nd annual Earth Day celebration is Saturday, April 22nd, 10 in the morning until 2 in the afternoon on the Murfreesboro Square. Middle Tennessee Electric is proud to be the primary sponsor and the organizer. Free fun for the whole family, April 22nd on the Square. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the upper 70s. South winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 47. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 45. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Look up in the sky. There it is. The tallest tower in Murfreesboro. This is WGNS FM, AM, and worldwide at WGNSRadio.com. We are back again. And Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest. Here's a question for you. Uh, This one is asked about uh, the downtown renovation. They said that they had noticed some changes in signs at the uh, old Methodist Church location. And I'm, I was curious about that, too. I'm, I'm not sure if the old sign might have been blown down in the yeah. wind or or what. Is, is there a change in those involved? I, I've not been notified of really a change on what's um, what's coming down there. I, I, I not think a I, whole lot. It doesn't look no, like No, I mean, I've, I've been um, been disappointed, you know, with that that process I, I i know our staff is working hard and trying to work hard with the developer but it's something that um i've been disappointed with that that bard I, I you know when we we bought that property when i initially was first elected mayor and um that's been a long time ago and i really would have liked to have seen better progress we we try to do a private uh we you know interviewed developers and we picked 
the developer that we you know we thought would be um you know be able to perform and that just hasn't happened so far so yeah i'm still we're still working hard on it i know our team is but it's something that we've been been disappointed with now are we seeing progress on the other two sites the uh, the bank location downtown on main street yeah they're per- the old bank of america building they're proceeding through with that process which i think is 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 really good uh, i think that's coming along nicely and then we're you know we're starting to see um several different you know several different things that are that are coming along downtown and and starting to to you know really really progress forward what are some of the things uh like the city property uh where we are right now is yeah there- yeah, so that you know that process is going through Town Creek. Um, the council has made some significant progress over the last, you know, really um, few you know few days or excuse me, few months. So I think you're going to see that under construction and and things are things are moving along. Very good. So that's coming ahead, and some things happening that uh, you need to know about. Before we leave today, let's look at uh, a few other areas of town. One of those deals with, uh, thank you, Shane. Shane is doing double duty here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of them deals with, I remember when you first talked about the uh, new park yeah. in Blackman community, you were talking about the soccer field possibly being there because they were looking at putting hotels and what have you yeah. uh, there at the location. Now that we're already under construction and the soccer field's going strong, uh, are we going to see hotels and things of that sort at the uh, at the Cherry Lane? I, you know, I wouldn't anticipate. I think if you're going to see those hotels at some point, it may be on the interchange, you know, as we get that built. I don't think you're going to see anything come out in that area. There's really not a place to, to put that. And then, you know, there's just what we're really hoping is you'll start seeing on that Cherry Lane interchange along with the soccer park. You'll start seeing some restaurants and you'll start seeing some other things that will that will pop up out in that area, you know, and that's ultimately one of the ways that we end up solving traffic in Murfreesboro is make it to where, you know, you don't have to drive across town to get something, you know. So now, for example, um, where I live, you know, there's pharmacies close, there's medical facilities close, there's, you know, grocery stores, there are all those things that are close, so I don't necessarily have to drive to the west side of town to get something. And and so now I I try to make it a point, Bart, to drive all over the city just to see different things, to see how things are going. But, you know, our, our goal would be, and that really is like for athletics, that, you know, you don't have to drive from the north side to Barfield to be able to, to use a park. And so that's that's some of the things we'll, we'll continue to work on. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, on the Cherry Lane subject... Well, make uh, it real quick, if you would. We're about out of time. Okay. On the Cherry Lane subject, uh, I just wonder how long it's going to be for that Cherry Lane extension. I live on Leanna Road, and, and I know the city makes a lot of money leasing out that soccer park on the weekends, but we can't keep mailboxes on this road. It's just a narrow road, no shoulder, uh, one deep curve down here that they run off. They run off in our yards. Uh, they tore up my yard one night, even uh, came in and parked in my yard later and then uh, cursed me out because I asked him not to park in my yard, even with the officer that came out. And he wasn't a city officer, uh, Mayor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the city didn't do that. He wasn't a city officer, but I think he's one of his buddies. And even the damage done to three yards, we never got any compensation because I think it was uh, – 
maybe a buddy of the officer that did it, and they never did file a report. Uh, but how long do you think it's going to be before we get some relief? They get off of eight forty. We're, we're going to have to. We're going to have to answer that because we're we're out of time already. Yeah, I think you're going to see Cherry Lane moving forward pretty quick. I mean, they're in right away acquisition and in engineering now, so I think you'll see that section extended through the county portion because that you know that that Cherry Lane Road there. A significant portion of it still county, so I think you'll see us take all that right away, and then we'll expand that, you know, to extend that um, four lane there that is in median that is like it's from two thirty one back. So I think that's coming soon. And on that note, we want to say thank you to Mayor Shane. Thank McFarland. you, Bart. See you, Have a great day, Shane McFarland, visiting with us this morning.